This is One in 36, a presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. One in 36 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And I'm talking today with uh, both Sarah Kodinsky, who is the CEO of Apex Social Group, um, as well as Mandy. And Mandy, I'm not sharing your last name. I don't have it off the top of my head, but you can if you want to. And Mandy is also associated with Apex as uh, the parent of uh, two children, one of whom works with a couple of live-in uh, care providers through Apex. So we're going to hear firsthand from Mandy about the family experience as well. Um, so thank you both for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, it's my pleasure. I, I heard about Apex a little while ago. I had a conversation with somebody there who kind of went through what you offer and gave me a little background. And after having that conversation, I really wanted to encourage you to, to come on for an interview because I think it's the kind of, um, both the services that you offer, but also kind of the backstory and how Apex came to be, I think is, is important for people to know about. Um, so, Sarah, with that said, I'd love to start with you as CEO, if you could just give us the story of Apex and, and give us an overview and also some background on yourself and uh, and the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. So, Apex Social Group is a very unique service, and we've been in business since about 2008. So, we began, our founder, Susan Asay, was a working mom with three children and a demanding career, and she really was looking back to her home country, to Germany, to find support. She wasn't able to find the childcare uh, options that she was really needed um, and found somebody who, who could come into her home and become part of the family, but also provide a really higher level of childcare that she knew she could count on. So she was able to hire a pediatric nurse. And that's really uh, was driven from our founder's need and has become such a huge uh, service in the marketplace, especially for families who have unique care needs. Mm-hmm. And as you can, you know, probably imagine families who have unique needs in their home, it's a really, it can be a really difficult job to fill to find that living caregiver. So what we've, we are able to offer is a pool, a talented uh, pool of care professionals who come from backgrounds in child related fields and who have studied, you know, education, special education, occupational physical therapy, um, something of that nature. And soon after graduation, this is an amazing opportunity for them to really go abroad, to engage one-on-one with a child in a home environment and provide childcare, but childcare with that amazing background and heart of, I chose this career field. And we all know that that's an amazing an amazing thing to start out with. So we provide this amazing pool of candidates that want to engage full-time in child care for a family. And it's really unique because it's a live-in position, right? So um, they don't go home at night. They stay there with the family really becoming part of the family, but providing the extra support that the family needs really to be able to find balance um, in the home. So that's yeah. kind of the backstory and what we're able to offer. I remember, thank you for that, Sarah. I, I remember um, hearing that the Germany factor was interesting. I asked mm-hmm. about that when I first learned about Apex that, um, and still to this day, I think you, you get a, have a lot of your staff still coming from Germany um, and also some other European countries, I believe, right? That's where 
the majority mm-hmm. of folks are coming Austria, from. Austria, Switzerland is where we focus. Um, mm-hmm. And really, the way we're able to do that is through an amazing cultural exchange program. Okay. Uh, which is the o- J1 Au Pair Visa. And so we utilize the Au Pair program in an amazing way to bring cultural exchange into homes of families who have children with unique and special needs, which is a really cool aspect, but also giving young people from another country the opportunity to come to the U.S. and learn in their career track um, about Mm -hmm. what, you know, the most cutting edge therapies are here for autism, ABA, because they're able to become really the nucleus of a child's care team for a year and travel with that child to the American um, therapists and care providers and see what that is like here in the U.S. and take that knowledge back with them about, you know, inclusivity, interdisciplinary care teams and all of that. And we've seen some of our, our caregivers go on to start their own practices back in Germany, really um, taking everything that they've learned in that experience yeah. and, and giving back. I think it's a fantastic model. I think it's it's unique. Like you said, it may not be something that everybody can do or, mm-hmm. or needs um, that level, but the idea of the live-in model where it's it's that exchange and, and it's not, you know, we're here for a certain period of time and then we're out and then we're back or we're interchanging different people. Right. I mean, it's a real immersive experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that really struck me. And also when I, when I was going to your website, which let's do this throughout, um, apex-social.com, correct? That's right. So it's apex-social.com. Lots of information there, including a really cool map of the United States that shows all the locations where you currently have care providers um, in the States. And I think for families... Uh, listening, that would be very helpful to know. So you're not everywhere right now, um, right. mainly kind of on the coasts. And and I saw uh, quite a few in some of the southern states, but not so much in the, you know, North Dakota range. Um, I don't know if that's a winter freezing cold thing or um, or not. But are you slowly but surely expanding? Is your goal to, to have, um, to have uh, a presence in every state or you know, long-term, short-term goals, what are they? Right. Yeah. So we really focus on our key markets. Like you said, the the key markets along the coasts and the middle of the country, we have some in Chicago and, and Texas and Colorado is a big market for us. However, as you can imagine, it's easier and, and more effective for our care providers to have that sense of community when they have a group. And yeah. so yeah. In, in having placements grouped in, in larger cities is advantageous for that reason. We do have a consistent demand coming in across the country. And so really our goal would be to be able to have a strong enough presence in each of our key markets that we can expand into some smaller markets at that point. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I can see why it would be a more attractive, appealing idea to not be the only person in an entire state who's doing this type of work or coming through this organization. So so Mm -hmm. fair, but I think we can all agree. um, And Mandy will bring you into this conversation in just a second, because you have a very important perspective, which is that of a parent, um, that there's uh there's quite a lot of isolation there are not enough providers really anywhere to serve the need and serve the children and adults i saw that you also serve um uh adults 18 to 26 with special needs with it which i think is even more unique because there's literally almost nothing for um adults living uh living at home um who are who have who have autism and other special needs so um so I think it's, I just want to reinforce, I think it's a very unique approach um, and the familial feel of it 
is very mm-hmm. appealing um, as I listen to it. And again, check out the website, apex-social.com, because there's a lot of information there um, about all the different programs you offer. So Mandy, um, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your family and um, and then get into your experience with Apex. Sure. So I, my name's Mandy. <laughs> um, I have two children ages 15 and, and 12, and then a husband and couple dogs and a couple goats. I live out on some acreage out in uh, Northern Virginia, close to DC. Um, I am a clinician myself and I work with the special needs population. Um, I ended up working with Apex just in general, seeing them on LinkedIn, seeing kind of their unique abilities and, and what they could offer and just found it to be an awesome model because I don't have, again, the level of care that, you know, we do here to find to find folks to take care of our kids, especially if they're not super young. So my son is pre-adolescent. So it's, yeah. um, it's a challenging age um, for his diagnosis, which is primarily autism, mm-hmm. genetic um genetic abnormalities and some speech apraxia, some expressive perceptive language delay, those kinds of going on. So um, my son has a lot going on um, and we have him currently homeschooled due to just the needs he needs for academics and ADLs and socialization and language. So he wasn't speaking 18 months ago and his he has a very, very uh, robust therapeutic team that comes into my home and has been working on language for, for 18 months. So I wanted to add people to live in, uh, to come help, like generalize some of those skills over to the house and also provide uh, some assistance to my, my husband and myself and my daughter due to us both having full-time jobs in the home, uh, working, you know, remotely. And our daughter, of course, being in high school and, you know, going those last couple years, it's, fading by, you know, the times we get to spend with her. So it was important to have somebody within the home that could come in and help facilitate, you know, generalization of skills from therapeutic settings, as well as hold the family together when we, you know, need those moments of clarity and moments of just relaxation, because it is truly when you're with my son, you're on. There's no being off, as we all know in this community. It's a 24-7 commitment to to having these, these kiddos and adults around. Well, let me interrupt you for a second because sure. we're going to go to a break in just a minute. But I want to, um, I just want to pause for a moment and recognize, uh, that things have changed tremendously also in the last few years in terms of working from home and what that really means. And, um, and when you're have a, a child who's being homeschooled and you're both trying to work from home full time, um, you know, I, th- I think that the sort of blurred boundaries of, of, you know, what the door closed means and what the, um, and, and where the parenting, you know, sort of takes a pause to go to work, go to work. I'm putting in quotes, you know, cause you're going into a room maybe that counts as your workplace. Um, I would think that that probably also, um, brought a level of maybe both comfort, but also sort of imbalance or, or some kind of, um, need to to create uh, a little more structure around things and i'm not speaking for you i'm saying in general i think the whole society has shifted in the way those work from home and remote opportunities have uh have become bigger um and there's there's a lot of sides to that there's a lot of uh, pros and cons i think for for everybody um i appreciate you sharing that mandy we're going to take a really quick break when we come back though i want to get into what it's been like and and what a day looks like and some of that generalization that you talked about because i know that that's a big 
big deal um, that we all like to focus on. So this is One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozinski, and we'll be right back. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, River. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you hear? Quash. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, Oak Tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, Turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think you would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. And now, 1 in 36 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and today I'm talking with Sarah Kudinski, CEO of Apex Social Group. That's apex-social.com. And Mandy, who is a host parent, um, mother of two, and uh, was telling us before the break about her experiences and what brought her to get involved with Apex and have um, live-in care providers in your home, Mandy. So I'd love to just jump back in with you because I kind of cut you off and I'm sorry about that. It happens on the podcast. But uh, you had mentioned that one of the reasons that that a live-in care provider felt uh, important to you um because you already have what you referred to as a robust team um, of therapists who are, and your, your son is homeschooled. And, uh, but generalization was a word that you used and it just put off all sorts of flags in my head because I hear that all the time at Anderson center where I work. And, um, and I know how important generalization is. I was just talking to somebody about it when I was giving them a tour, because what we can often see is for children um, and adults, but, but early on, you know, children with autism, uh, you can sometimes see tremendous progress and in, in even sometimes a very short amount of time working very one-on-one between a therapist, a speech language therapist or a OTPT, whoever it might be, a teacher, um, and a student. And, and, and then the skill does not look the same when that child is in a different location or trying to reproduce the same thing with somebody else that they're not used to working with. So is that what you mean when you were talking about generalization? And if so, 
Could you talk about how having a live-in care provider has helped with that? Sure. So definitely, um, my son receives up to 40 hours of ABA a week. Uh, okay. ABA. Um, I am a BCBA as a clinician. And so generalization, what I speak to is taking his programs, his behavior intervention plans, his skill acquisition plans, and bringing them into the home as much as possible to adapt to our environment. Sometimes there's little tweaks and modifications that need to be done because they do live in 24 seven. So you Mm -hmm. have to make sure and assess, you know, their um, ability to care and and when they need their rest and everything else. So it's a very robust like schedule that's very detailed and kind of laid out. So the generalization of skills is everything from every therapy that they can bring to our house where we're not attending parent training because when we're doing our work and everything, it's going to look different than them spending one on the, excuse me, the care professionals spending one on time with Hayden, my son, over and kind of have those pieces and bits to specific interventions that, you know, I might know in the background of my head, but I'm also emotionally attached to my child. So the, they can better play those interventionists over here versus me when I'm, you know, being mom. So yeah. there's a constant divide between BCBA and mom hat. Um, and <laughs> I have that boundary um, until they came in actually due to me always trying to think as a clinician to be on as a care- caregiver, clinician, mom. So it was, I was overloaded. So um, yeah, that's kind of how they generalize skills. Right now, they use the same interventions for his behavior intervention plans or things that we are teaching um, in the house in the evenings, mornings, during lunch break, and on, on weekends as much as possible. Cause some, you know, it, it really helps with skill with the speed of things with, with my son. So, and then speaking and all the things that matter. Yeah, I mean, not, not exactly the same, but I know that at Anderson, we eventually, we get to a point where part of the actual plan itself is to purposely have the students start working with people that they have not worked with before. Um, some of it is just organically, they are getting older, they move to different residences, they have a different team of people working around them. But um, but we also see some of this play out in the community. So I don't know if, what is the model for a live-in care professional when it comes to leaving the house? Um, you know, are, I, I read all over your website, Sarah, there's a lot of clear information about the rigorous training that, that, that these folks go through, all of the um, all of the things that you would want and expect as a parent with somebody coming in to live in your home and, and work with and care for your child along with you um, and your whole family. But when it comes to leaving the home and uh, either joining you on a vacation or taking um, your child out to, um, I don't know, a somebody else's birthday or the store or, um, or just, a, or a park or wherever you might want to go. Um, do you find that the care professionals really enjoy that aspect of the work? Is it something they work up to? Is it kind of dependent on each individual family and their situation? How does, how do all those choices, the daily choices, when you suddenly have somebody living with you, how does that work? Yeah. Well, so our, our care <laughs> professionals do love to be part of the whole, you know, life of the family and of the child. And, and I think that families really value that aspect that they have somebody who they can trust to take the child to the park who understands how to, how to navigate what that child can and can't kind of handle in that environment. And so having somebody who understands that aspect of your child's care is, you know, our families have said is just priceless. And so Mm -hmm. being able to go to the birthday party and know when it's time to leave the birthday party or when there's, there's some deescalation needed, things like that. Um, And we, 
we have, you know, our, most of our caregivers are taking them out in the community and also just driving them around to different therapy sessions, things that they need to right, attend, right. therapy, all the things while the parent, parents can continue on with their careers and lives. And what we've really uh, heard from our families, you know, our care professionals are not going into the, these homes as an OT. They have an OT background, but they're going in as a child care provider. Um, but what the uh, families have said is like, I get to come home from work and be a parent again. I get to just have fun. And kind of what Amanda was saying earlier is just let down because I know she's got it covered. She took him to the therapies and she knows the homework that he needs to do from that therapy. And and I get to kind of have a different role now. Yeah. Thank you for that. And Mandy, from your perspective, I know you were going to say something and also, you know, what, what Sarah just said about, um, you know, has that, has this experience helped you? to kind of start to, to have a, an ability to differentiate between therapist, you know, BCBA and mom. Yes, absolutely. So okay. with uh, my particular care professionals, we have had kind of a step down training process where they're highly involved with the ABA team and myself and my spouse until we feel like they've sort of gone to the other side, you know, <laughs> they can handle the process. But it's for us, it's, you know, roughly about six to 12 weeks before we completely let somebody take over alone with our, our son. But I think with each family, it's going to be different. Like you said, we have different, you know, different timelines for different things. So we mm-hmm. do have a very structured care team and set up for that. And I think most of the homes do and the CPs feel really safe and, and want to go out into public and do some, some fun stuff with the family as well. In the therapy. You know, I, I just want to say this, we're, we're down to our last couple of minutes, but you know, I worked at Anderson Center for Autism for 17 years. I've met a tremendous number of families who've made um, a really difficult uh, choice to place their children in a residential program um, and have talked to them and listened to them and heard them and all the back and forth and, and some of the feedback that they've received from friends and family and neighbors and some of the challenges that they went through just as a family, siblings' experiences of, of having their brother or sister placed outside the home. Um, and we have a very engaged, thankfully, and involved family group of families. Um, and, and we strive to make it feel like a very open place where families are welcome. But there is a difference. Um, and I think that Apex, what you're doing with your, this particular part of your program where you're, you're, um, you're able to serve a population, um, of children and young adults who otherwise, um, might only have the option, the family might only have the option to, to, um, to go out of their family home. It's a nice, it's an alternative. And I think it's good to have choices and options. So I, uh, I know, you know, it may not be every what's a, a, available for everybody, but it's good to know that you're out there. Um, I also would be remiss if I didn't note that you also run a very, um, I think, a more traditional sort of live-in child uh, child care program, right? Where you have um, you're serving children. I think as young as like brand new babies, right? Um, and, you know, and they're helping families um, who are starting a family um, all the way through what age for, for that part of the program? Yeah. So for our European placements, it's age zero to, to 17. And mm-hmm. then we have another division, our pro care division that where we place Americans to care for young adults. We aren't able to place our Europeans there at this point due to legalities, but okay. it's actually been an amazing service so far and have had some super star young American care professionals who've moved across the country and lived for a year or two with a family. So it's really cool. 
Well, I love that type of exchange. Anderson has an, uh, we have an, uh, Anderson Center International Program where we have, um, international scholars come to Anderson and train with us for 12 to 18 months and then usually go back to their home countries. Different in that they're, it's not living, you know, they, they have housing, um, near Anderson and, and they come every day and they train with individuals that we serve alongside the, the, the full-time employees. But in a similar aspect, what we've learned over the years of doing that is that there's so much information and ideas to, that are going back and forth. Um, and, and, and it really is making a broader impact. And so I think on a really large scale, we could probably all agree that the, the awareness and acceptance of people with neurodivergencies, um, is growing. It's, it's thankfully, you know, I think getting better than it was, but anything like this that sort of brings in another aspect of just life, family, you know, education, but also just quality of life in, in any capacity that also has these tentacles that expand throughout the world is all having to do with expanding that awareness and appreciation and acceptance. And, and so I thank you for getting involved in that. I think it's a great thing. I appreciate both of you taking the time today to be on the podcast and share your experiences and your background. And um, listeners, just check out apex-social.com. Like I said, it's a great website. There's a lot of information on it about all the things that Apex does. And um, thank you, Sarah and Mandy, for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sarah and Mandy, thank you for being on the show. This is 1 in 36, the weekly podcast on autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 36, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join them for another edition of the show at this time next weekend. 